Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It's important to notice that Joseph didn't overlook something. He knew what the brothers had intended to do to him. It wasn't like a mistake. He absolutely knew it. What he's really doing is speaking the truth. Ephesians 4.15. He's really speaking the truth, what? In love. What he's really saying is, you didn't do right by me. You didn't do it. No, he's not saying it like that. He said, you didn't do right by me. You intended to harm me, but God overruled you. Nothing wrong with speaking the truth in love. When someone is hurt, or abused. Many times they're told either to forgive and forget or maybe to get even with the one who hurt them. Many times, though, trying to get even with someone doesn't resolve the issue. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that Joseph could have chosen one of those two options to get back at his brothers, especially after he became the number two man in Egypt. You'll learn that Joseph chose another path time and time again. That path helped him to be useful not only to God, but to the country of Egypt, his own family, and the whole world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 with his continuing study called The Faith of Joseph. I have the Spirit of God. When Jesus said to his disciples, now I'm sending you out, then what did he do? He breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And one of the names for the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is the Spirit of Wisdom. I need that. You need that. So look at what happened. He was so pleased that he appoints Joseph second in command. Under Pharaoh, the most powerful leader in the world at that time, administering this whole program of storing the grain for the famine that would come later. How did this happen? How did all this happen over those years? I want you to write it. Because sometimes this is a little cycle of life. Just begin to look back at your life. God honor his faith from the pit, the most disastrous thing he could ever imagine about, to the prison unfairly, nothing fair about it, to second in command. Now, I could add a lot of things in there, but I didn't want you to write. The two years of forgetting, the honesty to say to Potiphar's wife, no. I mean, think God honored all of that. And where is he? Second most powerful man in the whole world under Pharaoh. From a pit, sold as a slave. How? God honored his faith. God is pleased with our faith. Now, go to Genesis 41. Look at verse 46. 
Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So how long is that little cycle? That's a long time, isn't it? There's at least probably 12 or 13 years in there, that whole thing. And he's what? Still faithful to God. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. Scoot down to verse 50. Now, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and my father's household. And the second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. I want you to write this. This is huge. Faith enables us to forgive and forget. Now, just by naming those sons, we know he didn't have perfect faith. He struggled like any of us would. But the faith rose up. And when we're faithful, when we learn to, and you'll see this again, when we learn to forgive and forget, we become fruitful. If we remain with unforgiveness and bitterness, you will never be fruitful. And remember John 15, God's desire, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. So there's a key for all of us. Now, scoot to 57. Now we come, verse 57, we come to the famine. The good years are gone. The grain has been stored. By the way, if you'd like to read, you can start, I forget where it was, somewhere around 38 in Genesis and go all the way. I just hadn't read all of those chapters, those 20-some chapters. Just read them together to refresh my mind. It's a great story. You'll enjoy it. It goes very easy, and you can just see God through it. So I'd encourage you to do it after you hear the study. Now, all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from who? Joseph. Is that amazing? Is that amazing? From the pit to all the countries of the world. Because Joseph had a plan to store it. Wouldn't you like Joseph in Washington, D.C.? Praise God. (laughs) Because the famine was severe in all the world. So look at God's timing. His plan. He has Joseph sitting in the place of power in Egypt. God knew a famine was coming. God knew every country of the world is going to include who? Israel. God knew it was coming. So God orchestrated all of this to provide, not just for the people, but for the nation of Israel. You'll see it. And so Joseph looks back at God's faithfulness. I'm sure he did this many times. He begins to think to himself, he never could have orchestrated this. We kind of talked about that in pastor staff. You know, it's a very unusual thing to have a large church like this. And we have never hired a pastor from outside of our church. That's impossible. God has always brought them in from other places. Let them sit here for a year or two or five. Raise them up through the school of ministry. Isn't that amazing? Now, when you sit back and look at your life, can you see how God's orchestrated all of it? Could I hear an amen somewhere out there from you? Or are you like that? God didn't understand anything in my life. Come on. Can you ever, five years ago, those of you that are new, five years ago, can you imagine you being here at Calvary Chapel five years ago? Not in your wildest imagination. 20 years ago, I can't imagine me being here. 
We're thinking in Hilton. Hey, we had 100 people today. This is unbelievable. It was. But look at what Joseph's seen. It's the sovereignty of God. By the way, God's plans for you, for the future, are just as good as his plans were for the past. He's still for us. He's not against you. Now, he's got you right where you need to be. And so I want you to write this down because you might be in the pit rather than the second in command. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want you to write this down. Faith believes God is for us. Faith absolutely believes God's for you. You need to say that. And you'll be running across people that need counseling. You can just say to them, God is for you. He's not against you. If they disagree with that, have them read Romans 8 from 28 all the way to the end. They will understand that God is for them. Look at Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. May I include never our timing. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Maybe you're like Joseph and go, well, this is, Pastor Mark, the only thing I heard you say tonight, life isn't fair. I agree with you. But you missed the second part. But God is good. Don't give up. Hang in there. God has a plan. He's not against you. He's for you. Doesn't matter the circumstances. Now, of course, as I said, this worldwide famine definitely affected Israel. Now, I'm going to go through this very quickly. Jacob sent his sons to Egypt to get food because of Israel's lack. This mission would require, I'll just kind of summarize it for you, to deal with Joseph. They didn't recognize Joseph when they were there, but Joseph began to recognize them. For time's sake, let me just kind of scoot through some things. Through a series of trips back and forth to the land of Israel, where cups were put in their bag, and they thought they were going to end up being killed. They're all going to go in the prison. They had to go back and forth to face Joseph. Again, they never knew this was their brother, and Joseph was doing it. And all of a sudden, they end up in a wonderful banquet. And as they're in the banquet, the sons are all set in order by age. And they're going, how did that happen? Who is this guy? Well, it goes on and on and on. And Joseph finally again sends them on their way, but arranges for money and a silver cup to be put in all of their bags. And then the guys come out and say, well, you've stolen whatever. And they they plead for a release. And eventually they come back and it touched Joseph's heart. So I want you to go to Genesis 50 and watch all of that that happened over a period of time. The brothers are panicked out of their mind. They can't figure how they're going to please their father at home. And they don't know what they're going to do with the land. They're being accused of all kinds of things. Look at Genesis 50, verse 18. And his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him because there was money in their bags and the silver cups, which they were accused of stealing. They didn't do that. Joseph had his servants hide it in their bags. And they threw themselves down before them, and they said, we are your slaves. They threw themselves down before him. Do you remember the dream? But Joseph said to them, you got what's coming to you. How would you have worded it? No, notice what he says. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God. 
If you're 12 years into that situation and you haven't forgiven, how many of you know bitterness would have destroyed Joseph from the inside? And none, none of the brothers would have ever known it. And God would have never raised him up to the place. You won't hear from God. Come on. You're going to interpret a dream with the sin of bitterness and anger and revenge rolling through you? Never. So understand how amazing that faith in God was. He learned to forgive and he learned to forget. We all have trouble. Joseph learned it. So Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? This is amazing. You've heard it if you know the story. You intended to harm me, which they did. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I don't have time for another whole weeks and weeks and weeks of teaching. You can picture many things in the Bible comparing Joseph and Jesus, what they went through. Just look at that verse 20 for a second. You intended harm for me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What did the cross do? The saving of many lives. It was always God's plan from the beginning. It didn't look good through the whole situation. The disciples couldn't get it. The rulers thought they got rid of them. But God had a plan. St. Joseph realizes it. You meant it for bad, but God had a plan for the saving of many lives. Now, Romans chapter 12 tells us never to take revenge into our own hands. Romans chapter 12 says, let God settle the revenge part out. God knows how to settle all that stuff out. You just let God handle it. See, you're going to be hurt. If you've lived 20 years, you've already been hurt many times. You'll get hurt in the church. You'll get hurt at work. You'll get hurt with families. You have to let God settle that all out. Now, it's important to notice that Joseph didn't overlook something. He knew what the brothers had intended to do to him. It wasn't like a mistake. He absolutely knew it. What he's really doing is speaking the truth. Ephesians 4.15. He's really speaking the truth, what? In love. What he's really saying is, you didn't do right by me. You didn't do it. No, he's not saying it like that. He said, you didn't do right by me. You intended to harm me, but God overruled you. Nothing wrong with speaking the truth in love. By the way, did they know it? Oh, they knew it. All through this thing, they're thinking, God's getting back at us. God knew what we do. They were guilty all those years because they lied to their father. Oh, somebody killed Joseph, your favorite son. Sorry, here's the coat. It's full of blood. All those years, they were miserable because they weren't right with God. Now, remember this principle from Paul. He gives us amazing principles. Paul would say this after working with God many years. Paul says this, Philippians, I haven't arrived yet. Anybody here arrived? None of us has arrived. So Paul says, I haven't arrived, but I'm not, I'm not satisfied with my spiritual growth. So I'm moving on toward maturity. But he said, by moving on toward maturity, you maybe you remember this teaching. By moving on to maturity, I have to leave some things behind. I, I can't carry, remember I had the bags? I can't carry the bags of hurts with me and go forward. I cannot do that. So I want you to see tonight, and I want you to write this down. This is huge for us. To forget. He said, I've learned to let go 
of my past. And what does that mean? To forget. I know I forgive and I forget. I'm no longer influenced by or affected by those memories, the people that hurt me. It doesn't mean you don't remember it. Obviously, we remember it. We could start quoting circumstances and situations and people stabbed you in the back, a million other things. But because I have God's grace, I've let God deal with it. I forgive them and I let God help me. Manasseh. Remember Manasseh? He called his name Manasseh because God has made me forget all my trouble. God. See, when I counsel... People say, well, they've hurt me too bad, I can't forgive them. I said, well, no, you just go to Ephesians chapter 4. Forgive as God's forgiven you. I didn't deserve to be forgiven, but I have to, and God will enable you and me to do it. See, our lives were designed to be in freedom. And if you hold on to past hurts, you'll never be free. Now, I don't have time to go into... The details, some of you, that does not mean if you happen to be in a marriage and you're physically abused, you just forgive them and go right back in and continue to get physically abused. Absolutely not. God has never called us to do If you were in business with somebody and the person cheated you out of all the money and you, you filed bankruptcy, do I have to forgive that person? Yes, I do. Would I go in business with them again? No, I would not. Well, Pastor Mark, forgiving means I go back. No, it does not. Understand what I'm saying. There's a million ways there. Some people just walk right back into that. Well, I'm going to go back in and get beat every night. No, absolutely. It's never, never the plan of God. So forgiving and forgetting is the only way you can live in freedom. Joseph lived all those years with the hurts behind him. Now, Genesis 50, verse 24 Genesis 50, verse 24. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. Later, later, and later in his life. By the way, I'll tell you a little summary. Jacob comes, about 70, I think, 70, I can't remember, 70. uh, uh, Israelites all come to Egypt. It saves the nation of Israel. You'll see in a moment. It fulfills God's promise to Abraham. And as they come... They're given their own land, and eventually God blesses them so much so that the new ruler comes in, and he's afraid of all these Israelites, and what's he make them? Slaves. Advance it 400 years, and what do you have? The Passover, the Exodus. All of that came from the pit to Joseph to forgiveness to faithfulness. Amazing story, isn't it? Did God know that? Every inch of it. So look in verse 24. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid. Look at that. And take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Although Joseph could have used that position to build some kind of a personal empire, he was only thinking about one thing, the promise of God. He knew that he was fulfilling a part of the promise of God. He'd heard about Abraham, Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises and about to sacrifice his one and only son, 
even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, through Isaac will come the billions of people throughout the world and the nation of Israel eventually that will raise up within the nation of Israel. Who? Jesus, the Messiah. Well, look at the next verse. And Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So how did Abraham get here? He was ready to sacrifice his son because he knew God would keep his promise. He knew God could raise Isaac if he required him to sacrifice Isaac. Well, you know the story. He didn't. So by faith, Abraham was tested. By faith, Joseph was tested. And both of them came through. That's why you see this chapter hugely about faith. Now look at verse 25, Genesis 50, you're right there. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Pharaoh had offered a generous invitation for all his family, as I told you, to be there in that land. So after he had been reconciled, everybody came, all of them are there, and here he is at the end days. One of the things that challenged me as an older person, I'm not there yet, but one of the things that challenged me, and it should challenge you, even as a young person, would you write this? Joseph's faith was also strong even when he was dying. What's he talking about? God will do it. God will fulfill the promise. No question, it's going to happen. Just be faithful. Take my bones back to Israel. What do you mean back to Israel? We're in Egypt. No, you're going to Israel. Well, how do you know we're going to Egypt? That's God's promise. By the way, you're going to heaven. A little slow on that, but that's all right. You just missed the train, so you're going to go through the rapture now. No, you're going to heaven. Amen. It's a promise. It's God's promise. You're going to heaven. Joseph knew that the children of Israel would go to the promised land. He didn't see it, but he knew it would happen. He never lost his faith in God. He was strong even when his death was near. By faith, he saw the exodus. Can you imagine? He didn't know all that was going to happen. By faith, he saw it. And the people in the promise, he might have heard the promise from God to Abraham that they'd be there 400 years. I don't know how all that worked, but Joseph instructed his sons to carry his bones with them for burial and Cana. Uh, so what do I have to say to you? Number one, God is for you. He's not against you. Number two, God's plans for us are best. Be patient. You will be tested. Your faith will be tested. Have faith in God and his promises. He will not fail you. And number four, let's all learn to live in forgiveness. Today, Pastor Mark taught about forgiveness through the eyes of Joseph. You found out that much of God's ability to use and bless Joseph had to do with Joseph's willingness to forgive and to move forward in his life. You also found out that moving forward doesn't mean to ignore what happened to you, but not letting it have the power to hurt you anymore. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes Pastor Mark's teaching, The Faith of Joseph. Next time, he'll begin his teaching, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. You'll learn how, despite their very different upbringing and lifestyles, Joshua and Rahab did have one thing in common, their trust in God. You'll find out about God's love for all people, not just the Jews, and if they reach out to him in faith, he'll be there for them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.